Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to a brand new Arsblog Arscast right here on Arsblog.com. How are you? Hope you're well. I hope you're weller than I am because I'm still a bit sick. Got this uh, summer cold or whatever it is. I'm definitely improving though because the stuff that I'm coughing up is much less green than it was a couple of days ago. I think that's a good sign. It's like the old saying, when it's green, the infection is keen. And when it's not... It's regular snot. I think that's the way it goes anyway. It's been a it's been a while since I made up a saying completely off the top of my head at the the start of a podcast. You know how it goes. Anyway, look, I hope I'm on the right track. I think I'm on the right track anyway. It's been um I won't say a hugely quiet week, but we covered most of the stuff that went on in the Arscast Extra on Tuesday. So I thought for this episode we might do another one of those uh phone in shows where uh, people phone in or call in on Skype and they say stuff and I say stuff back to them and then we have a little bit of a chat, a little bit of a conversation and we do that a number of times with a number of callers and that way we get a, a range and flavor of opinion of Arsenal fans from uh, all around the world because I'm guessing there'll be people calling in from everywhere as they normally do, which is great. So wherever you are in the world listening to this, hello to you. And uh, hello to you in your own language, whatever that might be. I can't go through them all. There are far too many. But just imagine me saying it in your own language. There you go. Don't know if you can hear this. No, they seem to have stopped. That's the uh, the two dogs, Archer, who is six, and Lana, who is about 12 or 13 weeks, running up and down the back garden, pulling at each other, uh, gruffing and growling and barking and all kinds of stuff. They're having tremendous fun together, um, eating each other's necks. This is a thing I discovered the German shepherds do. They like to eat each other's necks. And it's okay if they're two dogs which are more or less the same size, but when one dog can get the entire head and shoulders of the other dog in his mouth... It can be a little bit uh, disconcerting, but uh, he's very gentle, very gentle with the new puppy, uh, who still doesn't sleep that late, by the way. Five o'clock in the morning is about the latest I've slept since we got her. She has to get up and she has to get out, and that's fair enough. She doesn't do it in the house, and she tells us she wants to go outside, but oh boy, boy, oh boy. You know what I want from this transfer window? About three hours sleep. I don't care what Arsenal do. Just give me about three hours sleep in the morning, just to lie in till eight o'clock. Spend £50 million on that, Arsenal, and I will be forever grateful. But apart from that, she is a, she's a lot of fun. 
She's a lot of fun. Puppies are our ace. Uh, just to tell you before we get on with this, that over on the Arse Blog uh, member page on Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash Arse Blog, we've got a brand new episode of My Arse, which is where I talk to somebody uh, who is a, a lifelong Arsenal fan, somebody you might know. And my guest this month is from one of the uh, biggest bands of the 80s and 90s, Spandau Ballet. It's not that guy, or it's not the other guy. I'm talking to the real Spandau Ballet here, the driving force, the man behind the cans. I don't know if that's a thing. That's probably not a thing. I apologize to all drummers everywhere. But my guest is John Keeble, who is the drummer with Spandau Ballet, has been since day one. And we chat about life and music and uh, touring and all that kind of stuff. But we talk about Arsenal. John brought out an amazing scrapbook while we were talking, some incredible stories in there, a few of which are are mentioned in the interview. We talk a bit about the future, general Arsenal chit-chat. It's all there for you if you want to become an Arseblog member on Patreon for just €5 a month plus VAT. Uh, if you're in the EU and uh, you get access to that podcast immediately, plus all the other guests we've had on there, which include James Vincent McMorrow, Mark Strong. Uh, we've had Tim Wheeler from Ash, Bernard Butler. There's some history podcasts in there. And also, if you're into audiobooks, you can find the Together, the Story of Arsenal's Unbeaten Season audiobook. That's free for you to download if you are an Arseblog member on Patreon. Lots more besides, and lots more still to come. So sign up today at patreon.com forward slash Arseblog. It helps uh, support everything we do around here. And of course, uh, being an Arseblog member on Patreon makes you at least 34% better at stuff. Stuff being whatever you would like it to be. And I make no guarantees that this improvement won't happen in, it could be like 25 years time, but it will happen. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe, maybe. It's down to you. It's down to how hard you want it. How much do you want to be 34% better at stuff? That's out of my hands. I'm just saying. Anyway, your support as ever is greatly appreciated. Patreon.com forward slash arseblog. So look, let's take some calls. Hello. Andrew. Yes. Hi. Hey. How's are we it? on the show? Yeah, you're, we're, you're the first call. Who is it? Oh, no way. This is uh, Brett from Pennsylvania. Hey, Brett from Pennsylvania. How are you? I'm excellent. How are you doing? I'm all right. I had to just close my window here because my neighbor uh, doing a bit of karaoke in his back garden. He's doing the whole <laughs> Quando, Quando, Quando song. Um, Doesn't he know that that's annoying to you? Um, I, I no, and I don't suppose he would care either. And I kind of admire that about him. You know, he he'll just sing uh, in his garden shed all day long. We know it's summer here when he starts playing the Gypsy Kings. You see, so uh, <laughs> maybe so, we should all be a little bit more like him. I think we should. I enjoy the uh, what what music brings to our lives. Just the simple joy of singing and listening. And uh, who cares what anyone thinks, right? Hey, I agree. I agree. All right. So uh, what's on your mind today? Well, hey, I was actually thinking, uh, you know, Sky Sports ran that, that story about how we um, we failed with a late bid for Fabinho. And yeah. I, I was kind of with you that I just thought that was absolute crap. But it seems that, uh, you know, I know Twitter's not everything, but it seems that a lot of people on Twitter just took it at face value. Um, so I was just curious, you know, how, do you see that as a problem that fans just sort of take whatever – comes at them immediately without thinking critically about it or yeah you know i mean how do you, how do you see that impacting 
our perception of our, our favorite teams and the sport in general. Yeah, I think it's always been the way with transfers. It's been a really curious thing because um, if you see a story on uh, a newspaper you hate and it's about a player you like that, that's uh, going to leave Arsenal, for example, I don't know, um, uh, who's a, Hector Bellerin, and it's in the sun that mm. he's leaving Arsenal, everyone will go, well, that's a load of bollocks. That's instantly bollocks. They, they choose not to believe it because of the source and everything else. Whereas if a newspaper says we're going to sign a really good player, there's just natural uh, suspicion of that kind of thing, isn't there? Someone's got the music on. Um, yeah, apologies. Let me, uh, that's okay. Let me get away from no, that I think I think there is, you know, uh, the reason why transfers and transfer websites and all those kind of clickbaity things exist and continue to exist is because people actually don't really care whether things are true or not you know right like because you can see what's real you can see what's not and a lot of people will just go well we were linked with fabinho whether it's true or not it just becomes part of the the overall narrative another deal we didn't get done you know um yeah, but, i think it fuels that as well because he was a defensive mid and it's kind of a yeah. cliche now to say that arsenal need you know this bastard of a defensive midfielder but uh sure you know i mean and i think i think liverpool really kind of snatched that one i'm not really sure too many news outlets were all over that no i mean nobody really said a word about it and they got it done so maybe it's an an indication that you can get stuff done below the radar under the radar uh, in this day and age when there are so many uh, channels of communication and and uh, ways for people to leak information maybe there's something positive in the sense that Liverpool got that deal done and nobody had a clue they were doing it so um, yeah, I thought that was refreshing that they did so actually. yeah yeah I think so I think so all right man well look enjoy the rest of your day hey, uh, cheers thank you so much and thanks for calling in and uh yeah enjoy the enjoy the show tomorrow all right perfect thank you right, cheers bye-bye. dude bye hello hello Mr Andrew Mangan yes first of all Big ups, big ups. You're, uh, I've been following you the whole time. Uh, this is Shola. I, I kind of know James a little bit. I got him a haircut one time. You, uh, oh, you got him a haircut? Did you perform the I, haircut or you gave him a gift of a haircut or something, wasn't I it? I gave him a gift of a haircut and we, we talked all things Arsenal. And it was, yeah, lovely day. He'll remember me, little little Shola. Yeah, I remember <laughs> I remember him telling me about it on the um, on the podcast, yeah. So, wow, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, amazing, amazing. So I'm finally through. I wanted to ask first yeah. the soft question, which is who you're going to be following this World Cup, like who, who's your fancy? Right. And um, something a little bit unrelated about the Raheem Sterling thing. I just wanted to get your take on it. And uh, I, have, I don't have a specific question, but um, you're, you're, you're a guy I like to hear about. Sure. All, um, all kinds of things. So. The the uh, the World Cup. I you know I don't really. There isn't one team with loads of Arsenal players on, on it, is there? You know, so it used yeah. to be France, for example. I'd always have a soft spot for France when it came to the World Cup. So you know, we would have had Koscielny, we would have had Giroud there, I mm-hmm. guess, even though he's you know not really an Arsenal player anymore. So yeah, um, I, I'm just happy to kind of watch and see what happens. Maybe. Germany, I you know I I don't know. I'd like some of the Arsenal players to do well, but 
Yeah. <laughs> Do I really care one way or the other? Not really. Not really. Well, we've, we've, we've got a Wobie, so... Uh, we've got yeah, a Wobie? Yeah. Go That's yeah? true. Yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be good, actually. It'd be great to see uh, an African team win it as well, wouldn't it? That'd be something Absolutely. something out of the ordinary. Absolutely. So, yeah, maybe I'll go all in on the uh, on the Super Eagles. Um, <laughs> yeah, nice one. Um, yeah, and uh, as for the Raheem Sterling thing, I think lots of people have covered this in, in really fantastic detail. I think uh, you got to give some props to uh, Football Three Six Five and their media watch column for oh, the way course, they've yeah. for the way they've highlighted this, and they've been highlighting this for a long time. And now, after the latest one, we're seeing some of the more I, I don't want to say serious journalists and publications get on board with this, but it's been happening for far too long, hasn't it? For for mm-hmm. a guy, you know, when I you, mean, my my, my personal view is that my personal view is that we're being trolled and it's it's part part of a wider kind of um you know i i I don't mean to get morbid but you know what happened in the politics with brexit and just baiting liberals like uh and baiting like liberal ideas like i think um i think there's a lot of trolling going on but the the response i've seen which is people basically laughing it off like i mean i saw a meme the other day about raheem sterling like laughing on the thousandth anniversary of something of, of the Joan of Arc. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 you know, it's, um, I think that should be our response to it. Like we should, uh, we've got to start to laugh this off now because maybe, it is ludicrous. Maybe you can yeah. laugh it off, but maybe you could do something more about it. Somebody made a really great suggestion and, and it's fair to say that it's been the Sun newspaper that has been the driver behind this. And it's not the sports guys, really. It's the no. front desk and it's the, the, the news section, if you want to call what comes out of the yeah. Sun news, right? And somebody said, You know what would be brilliant? If they banned the Sun from covering England at the World Cup this summer. That if if they realise that what they say on the front page of their newspaper has consequences for the guys who are are England fans and England journalists and want the team to do well, if they get some kickback on that, maybe it might change their minds. Now, the other thing, of course, is that the the two guys, I guess, that will be covering England for the Sun are Neil Ashton and and Sean Custis, (laughs) or Neil Custis, whichever one of it is. And I, you know... it would be hilarious if both of them were denied access to the England oh, team wow. on top of it. Right? But yeah. I do I do feel like that's not a bad way to go, that if you're going to be that much of an asshole, or if you're going to yeah. be absolutely, I mean, is it dog whistling? Is it blatant racism? Whatever, whatever way you want to call it, it doesn't seem yeah. to happen to white players, right? So if you're going to no. go down that road... I'm not sure that we can laugh at the the stupidity of it. I think, but there are a lot of people to to who don't really think about it from that point of view. They just go, "Oh, look at that fucking Raheem Sterling buying a car, or look at him, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. look at him having Passive, breakfast passive, like passive, a passive bastard, yeah. you know." Um, yeah, yeah. So I think that I think it's a bit more serious. So that's why I really want to give credit to Football Three Six Five for the way they've Absolutely. covered and they've stayed on it and they've stayed on it. And it's good that some of the and more him, and him as well, right? Yeah. I mean him. I mean he. I think he was attacked before a game this season. Yeah, uh, and still, actually, still physically, to, yeah, you know, so still, still, still went on to score. I think two goals and got an assist and, yeah. and, and attacked before a game. So I think credit to him as well. Like yeah. what a role model! Absolutely, you know, none of this is none of this has brought him down. But I'm really satisfied you've, you've answered that question. Like it's just something that I thought. I mean. I mean yeah, you're my first port of call for, for everything, so football, so okay. thanks, man. <laughs> no problem. Well, listen, thank you for calling in. I'm going to nip off and take another call here, but it was All good right, to talk up. to you, and uh, uh, hopefully I'll get a haircut off you one of these days. <laughs> nice one, sir. <laughs> All right, mate. Cheers. Bye. Hello? Hello? 
Hello? There's nobody there. There's nobody there for that one, so I'm going to hang up and try this one. Hello? Hello? Hiya. Hi. Who's this? How are you? I'm all right. Uh, it's Luke. Luke. L- long time listener, first time I've spoken to you. Okay, well, it's the first time I've spoken to you too, so it works both ways. <laughs> How's it going? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not bad. I'm so quite quite encouraged from what I'm hearing from uh, from about Emery so far and what he's what he's interested in. I think mm-hmm. it's sounding interesting. Yeah. Uh, some some che- some cheap some cheap cheap uh, but probably quite experienced and uh, and decent defenders coming in. I just wanted to sort of with, with that in mind, I'm hoping we'll see one, maybe even two, possibly if we're lucky, sort of bigish name coming in. I'm wondering sort of either what position you see them in or even maybe who you think it might be. I have no idea who it's going to be, to be honest. I don't think anybody does. Um, no, sure. That's the, that's the $64,000 question here. If I had to put money on wh- where they were going to play or the two signings that I'd most like us to make, I think I would be looking that's, at a, a central midfield player. That's, and, what, I, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, and also, that's, that's probably the most important. And also a goalkeeper. So I think if you're bringing in two experienced uh, defenders, uh, it balances out the defence. I think reasonably well, assuming they can come in exactly. and and, uh, and exactly. do it. That's, I, that's why I'm I'm pleased with it. I think yeah. it, it, it means it means we're not having to spend masses and masses of money there, particularly if it is as limited as some people seem to think. Although I, I think fifty million sounds rather low to me. I think it's a, it's a bit low as well. I think we might spend a bit more, but I also think we might sell one or two along the way, which could balance balance off the spending a little bit but I think goalkeeper as well is an area we need to um, yeah. we need to look yeah. at uh, Czech is obviously staying given that he's been given the number one shirt so that, that makes that makes me think well, well it's going to be a young one that we haven't yeah. heard of uh, yeah, yeah, maybe we, maybe maybe not, or maybe somebody we have heard of, but who's still very much in the the early part of their career, who can come in and work that's with Czech for for twelve months. One other, one, yeah. one other question: while I've got you here, any, any regrets now? Did Ant's left Real Madrid? No, I think did, it's really go too early. No, I think it's really weird that a three-time Champions League winning manager has come on the market, and I'm like. Bizarre. Yeah, I'm just like, you know, I mean, what an amazing achievement. Your first three yeah. years of senior management, you win three Champions Leagues in a row. It's it's unbelievable, but nothing that I've seen from him makes me think he would be the right guy uh, to be the manager. I, I prefer, maybe I'm stupid, I don't know, but I just prefer no, you're not the only person Emery. who said it. I'm, yeah. I'm surprised. But I, yeah, you're not the only person who said that. Yeah, fair enough. Oh well, fair enough. maybe I'm completely wrong, and we'll see somewhere down the line when Zidane wins, you know, World Cup and Champions League and La Liga and Premier League all in one season. He does something amazing. But uh, I think right with, now with, with Sevilla, yeah, with, with Sevilla <laughs> or with Blackpool, I don't know, somebody like that. <laughs> all right, man. Look, I'm going to go take another call. Cool. Thanks for thanks yep. for calling in. See you. All right, Bye. cheers. Hello. Hello, Andrew. Hey, who am I talking to? Hey, this is Roy calling you from uh, just outside Toronto, Canada. Hey, Roy from just outside Toronto, Canada. How are you? Yeah, doing really well. Just uh, basking in the sunlight. Yeah, and having a, having a good day. That's good. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to yeah. hear it. We all deserve to have good days. <laughs> well, man, thanks so much for doing this. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Not at all. Yeah, I'll just jump. I'll jump right into it. I think main question I have is actually around. Uh, Sort of the captaincy and leadership, like uh, a lot of talk around these older players coming in and and sort of like the men needed within the, the Arsenal team and mm. dressing room. And we've sort of had this weird dynamic for a few years where we haven't really had a captain that's 
played week in, week out. I know Hot Teta and um, Murasaka had big voices in the dressing room, but on the field, you know, there, there hasn't really been someone who you can sort of say, like, that's the Arsenal man. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure, like, whether you think that's actually an issue or whether it's not, like, whether it's fine to have captains like Murasaka who don't play um, and, um, and wh- or whether we should have someone playing week in, week out yeah. and who that person should be. Because right. I think right now I can't really think of someone um, who would be playing week in, week out that you would s- sort of envision the other players looking at and going, yeah. that's my leader. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah, what are your thoughts on that? I, I, you know, personally, I would prefer my captain to be playing. I think, you know, Arsene Wenger has always uh, uh, invoked this collective leadership thing, you know, um, and I, I think... When we t- when we talk about the archetypal archetypal captains, you know the real leaders, the Roy Keynes, the Tony Adams kind of guys, they're really few and far between. They're mm-hmm. not they're not um, normal. They're the exception rather than the rule because they stand out. They sit like I don't know who Manchester United's captain is. Or, yeah, but I think Valencia usually has the armband. Yeah, band, yeah which just you know, feels weird to me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So you know, we we're in an era where we have a complete dearth of the the Adams Keane type captains. So you've got to yeah. go a different way. But even still, you know, I think Mertesacker, Arteta, very good professionals, um, good leaders uh, in the dressing room, solid, you know, set standards um, and everything else. But I prefer you know, to have my captain on the pitch. I think that's normal to have a captain on the pitch. When I look at the Arsenal squad, though, there are there isn't really anyone who kind of jumps out at me. Yeah. Xhaka, um, I have maybe. Mm-hmm. Aaron Ramsey, but only because he's kind of senior, you know, yeah. not not because yeah. he's the, the shouty leader type, the guy who's going to get everybody going. Um, if he were better and if he hadn't suffered so many injuries and everything else, you could look at Jack Wilshire as a, as a captain kind of a guy. You know, he has that, that kind of a personality. But beyond that, it's very difficult to look at the Arsenal squad, isn't it? And think this is the guy who's going to be the, the, the leader on the pitch, the guy who's going to organize and consolidate and everything else. So I'm, I'm interested. I'm very interested to see what Unai Emery is going to do in that regard. Who is he going to bring? Uh, who's he going to bring in? Is he going to make a new signing a captain perhaps or is he going to give it to Oof. somebody yeah who's who's in there already so um yeah, yeah it's, last, it's, it's not easy had a check being captain that's just the last thing i want yeah i'm not i'm not <laughs> mad for a goalkeeper being captain either and i think we're we're at a stage where petrchek's career is winding down and if we do buy a goalkeeper for example this summer it could be another situation where we have a non-playing captain a captain on the bench so it's mm-hmm. it's definitely a consideration i don't know what his personal thought thoughts are on captaincy either so we'll have to wait and see maybe it's a a question he will be asked i think pretty early on in in his uh in his arsenal tenure as soon as he's facing the media again if there isn't an announcement by the time uh we come back to preseason training and start playing a couple of preseason games i'm pretty sure it's one of those questions that people will ask so we'll find out we'll find out soon enough no, awesome. Glad to hear your thoughts. All right, man. Um, nice to talk to you. Enjoy the rest of your sunny day in Toronto. <laughs> Take it easy. All right, dude. Cheers. Hello. 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 Who's this? Hello. Is that is that Andrew? It is. I I could, could, could tell by your voice. Yeah. Cool. My name is Steve-O. Hi, Steve-O. I'm calling from London. Uh, is James there with you? No, James. I don't know where James is. I think he said he was going away somewhere for the weekend. Um, All right, okay. Because he's a you know he's a jet setting kind of guy. 
always at right, the always enough. at the hot parties and what have you. So with, right, okay, he's often off, off filming as well, and he's uh, yeah, his other career, yeah. <laughs> We're good. No, I'm uh, made, made up to have got there. I want to apologize in advance uh, just to say uh, that I, I accused you yesterday of giving me the lurg and, uh, and a sore throat having listened to you on the Earth's cast. So, oh, but yeah. I'm feeling better today. So. Okay, well, that's good. Good. That's good. I'm glad I don't have the power to transmit disease to people via, exactly. yeah, yeah. via an audio uh, yeah. in fact, medium. In fact, in, Infectivision. <laughs> yes, yes, it would be yeah, something, yeah. all right. So, yeah, what's yeah. going on today? Uh, yeah, it's good, man. Nice, nice weather here in London, and uh, yeah, it's all good. Um, yeah, uh, happy about the uh, Emory appointment, and yeah, it's uh, all looking good for us for next season. Yeah. I, uh, I have a question Go specifically on. about um, about uh, Aaron Ramsey. Uh, you probably already had a couple of calls about uh, Aaron, I suppose, mm-hmm. with his uh, the talks on his new contract extension. But I was just going to say, from my point of view, I was thinking, um, you know, we we bemoaned the fact in the past that uh, players have been. Uh, maybe only tied up on terms for two or three year extensions at a time, and uh, and that's been to our detriment because we've lost players on the Bosman and, and mm. are maybe going to last year of the contract. So I was going to say, like you look at somebody like Hector Bellerin now, might be one of the few players that we actually um, could actually command a substantial transfer fee for. So I was going to say, in regards to Aaron, if it's true that what they're talking about, uh, uh, you know, regardless of what wages that he's on, I mean, I know that can be. Something that that would you know some people might be apprehensive about the amount of money he's on, but a five-year contract would be a good deal for us, I think, because even if in two years we decide we want to sell him, at least he's still got three years on his contract, and we have some uh, sell-on value for him. Yeah, I, I don't really, I, you know, four or five years makes sense. Um, yeah, five. Yeah, look, uh, maybe we're just worrying about things we don't really need to worry about. You know, uh, getting bent mm. out of shape over whether he's got one more deal or a year on a deal that might be ideal. Hmm. I, I don't think it really matters, but you can't give him a three-year deal because by the time he gets to 30, you know, he's 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 uh, capable of leaving on a free. You spend the last year of his contract wondering, is he going to sign? You know, I think it's, yeah. it's about playing the long game. And if at no, 29 yeah. years of age, Aaron Ramsey wants to go and play abroad, maybe we're prepared to let him go and do that. But hmm. it's about protecting... Uh, the investment, as you say, and making sure that we can get a transfer fee for him. You know, if he's mm. if he's hot property, then we get yeah. we get big money. And if he's not necessarily hot property, we still have the ability to command a decent fee because of how long he's got left on his contract. So I don't have no, a problem. Yeah, I with agree it. with that. Yeah, do you want him to stay? Yeah, I would. I would. I mean, yeah, I think. Um, I think. Uh, you know, I mean, I, the worst of his injuries are behind him. I think, I think, uh, you know, following that horrific leg snap and that, it took, it took, it took a while for him to, to get the kind of probably the, 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 the musculature and the ligament side of it, kind of, you know, like the bone heals, and then, then, and then the next season is probably more about your confidence as a player and getting mm. back into make going rough into tackles. And I think we saw that probably 18 months after he got after he was re- rehabilitated. Yeah. But I think he's just come, come on leaps and bounds in terms of his, his fitness and his drive. And it, it just it can't be replaced in our team right now. I don't see any of the players. Like, I watched watching at the tail end of the season, and he was the one. He is that box-to-box midfielder. I mean, I know everybody laughs when Wenger first signed Xhaka. And actually, I hope this uh, this injury to Xhaka, incidentally, isn't as bad as it seems. But yeah. but, uh, but Wenger, Wenger, remember when Wenger, when he first signed Xhaka, I see him as a box-to-box midfielder. And then he said, I see him as a deep-lying uh, deep playmaker. And it's kind of like he couldn't make up his mind about him. But, but Ramsey has always been... That um that 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 all-purpose kind of uh you know end-to-end uh, uh you know uh, uh, just just uh, and, uh, bo- uh box of energy you know yeah. in, in, in our midfield and uh, yeah I think I think I think it'd be important to keep him and I do think that he's the one 
that has shown probably the most consistent form for yeah. us this season in terms of, uh, you know, as well as that, I think his fitness problems are, are, are kind of behind him now. So, right. you know, I think it's a good time, a good time to tie him down to a longer-term deal. Okay, well, one look, the, go if, on, yeah. If I can, I one of the one of the quick one. How long do you think Unai Emery will stay on Twitter with his Twitter account, given our supporter base? Uh, <laughs> we'll leave that with you, though. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm sure somebody at Arsenal is telling him, whatever you do, don't fucking check your Twitter if we lose a game, man. No, Seriously, exactly. don't yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah. Don't do yeah, it. Cool. All right, man. Well, listen, thanks for All the right, call. Thanks, good to talk boys. to you. Cheers, mate. All right. Yeah, you too. Cheers, mate. And a mixed floor soon, please. Thanks. Oh, I'll do my best. I'll yeah, do my best. Bye, Bank bye. holiday weekend bye. here, so you never know. Ah, uh, yeah, wicked. Thanks. All right, cheers, cheers bye. Steve-O. Bye, bye. Cheers. Thanks. Bye. Hello, hello. Hi, Andrew. Hi, hi. Who's this? Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy. Where are you calling from? Nigeria. All right. How's it going? Oh man, it's going great. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm okay. Uh, oh. Still a little bit sick, but I'm ge- I'm going in the right direction. I think. So that's good. Okay, that's that's good. That's good. Yeah. So, what's on your mind today? Uh, nothing. Just the usual nerves. Um, looking at the uh, transition period in the Arsenal, just watching our recruitment. Um, wondering how the players are going to respond to and I am methods and whatnot. Mm. I I'm... I I think I think that's my greatest worry. How would they respond? And if they didn't respond, what actions would he take? Would he break up the squad? Because Austin kept on saying the squad just needs a little something. I hope be something spectacular. Mm. I I think uh, I'm really excited about the fact that he has a very different work. Uh, definitely, yeah, definitely a different way of working than Arsene Wenger. You know, I, I don't doubt for a second that all our players are very professional and wanted to win. But I think there comes a point where. If you've got the same teacher for 10 years, there's only so much you can be taught, right? And yeah. I think after, after a while, it just becomes the same lecture. Yes, I, I agree. You know, with, with even with all the best intentions, I think just something to shake you out of your comfort zone is a good thing, particularly as a sportsman. I think it's a really positive thing. So I'm really looking forward to seeing you know, how the players talk about training because that's something they're going to be asked. You know, the the that. attention to detail is is more meticulous with Unai Emery. There's more focus yeah. on the opposition. It's not just about what we can do because I think that's been part of our problem is that, you know, it, when you're told go out there and do the thing that you know you can do and you can, when you do it well, you can do it better than anyone. But when, when it doesn't work... You also need to be able to go, oh, fuck, okay. Now we need to do something different. Something we need to stop. Yeah. yeah, we need to stop them doing what they're doing. What they're doing, yeah. exactly. So, like we've need, for the longest time, we've needed someone who was just going to put us to a series of tactical drills wherein um, defined situations are set up and they say, in this situation, this is what the team will do. Yeah. In this situation, that's what the team will do because a lot of the time, because a lot of the time, we've lost to much more inferior teams, but they're just better organized than we were. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's it's, it, it's it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate to say, but it's you can you can count the losses from the top four sides to the bottom three sides. We've lost to sides that weren't half as talented as us, but. Just we're just better organized or better instructed to execute their game plan. Yeah, we just went out there to impose our our style, which we 
we're not really ready to adhere to once like the boots get stuck in and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I think this is the thing I, I'm really looking forward to. Obviously, different tactics, different way of playing, but but just the 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 response of the players to him and his instructions yeah. and and his I believe his coaching yeah. staff are really really intense as well. You know, they're very demanding. They're going to work these players to within an inch of their lives, you know, physically, mentally, tactically. And I hope, you know, that we've got the players in this squad who are ready to say, okay, we do have talent and we do have potential, but we've needed something more yeah. to get us to, to uh, you know, to get us back to where we would like us to be or somewhere close to where we would like to be, right? Which is going to take time. So this is this yeah. is the thing for me. Um, I, I think there might be one or two who decide this is not for them. And it will become apparent yeah. over the course of the season when we see them not playing as often as we would expect them to play. And that's that's going to be natural. Over the course of a season, a manager is going to say, okay, these are the guys who are going to do it for me. These are the guys who understand. They get it. They want to do it. And these are the guys who either don't want to do it or don't get it or can't do it. And that's how you then build your yeah. squad around that. So, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fun, I think. Can I ask you a couple questions? Let's make it one because I've got to take a few more calls. There's loads of calls coming in, so make it one more quick one. Okay, okay. Um, my question is: when the, when the managerial shuffle started and Thomas Tuchel was announced that no, when Unai Emery was announced that he wasn't that he wasn't going to be manager of PSG anymore. Mm. Where, did you not ask yourself why we weren't in for him or why it wasn't published and publicized that we were in for him at that point in time? Because I was like, because I just thought like we should look out for him, but all the noises were pointing towards Arteta or Vieira and whatnot. So all the noise died down. But then only for his name to surface up like from left field a day before or two days before he got mm. announced. Like didn't didn't strike you as weird? Yeah. He announced like um PSG announced about what, four weeks to the end of the season that he, his contract wasn't going to be renewed? Yeah. Look, I, I, I've sort of touched on this a bit on the blog and, and everything else, and I don't want to keep going on and on about it. But yes, yeah. yes, I do think it was weird. And personally, and people will say this is just because I'm not the biggest fan of Ivan Gazidis. It's that just I, I'm not necessarily convinced that the 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 presentation he gave us in terms of how the process worked and how it all went down. I'm not sure it was quite. It like was that. quite as quite as planned out as yeah. you make it out, make you believe. Exactly, and I'm going to leave it there because I don't want to say any more on that in case people accuse me no of being, problem, being mean to Ivan no Gazidis problem. again. Poor old Ivan. Anyway, listen, Jimmy. Thanks for the call. Really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, man. Take Cheers. Care. You too. Bye. 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 Hello. Hello, Andrew. Hello. Who's this? This is David calling from. Uh, Uganda, in Africa, East Africa to be exact. All right. Well, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? I can't believe I actually made it through. Yeah. The, the it has always been like a moment to talk to you. <laughs> well, you're through now. You're through now. The line is a little bit dodgy, but we'll do our best. So uh, what, what's your question? It's actually quite a number of things. Some of them just grilling you and one of them is just like to get to know some few things about you, if you don't mind. <laughs> well, let's keep it as quick as we can because there are lots of people trying to get through. So let's start with the questions. Okay, one, I can always keep asking via Twitter, but my question doesn't get through for the Askers. So I just wanted to know, how did you and James meet? How did me and James meet? Um, 
we met through Arsblog, through the the website. He was uh, he was um, one of the readers and one of the people who used a, a forum that we used to have on Arsblog, and he then set up his own blog called Gunner Blog, mm-hmm. and we've just known each other through the website for for all those years. Yeah. Okay, and another question. It's a what would you do kind of question. Okay. I wanted to know if. Let, let's say Arsenal and Manu are in a fight for positions in the league table. Mm-hmm. And Arsenal found itself in a position whereby it's facing, let's say, an Arsenal Wenger coached team. And to finish up higher in the table, higher than a team like Manu, it would have to beat this Arsenal Wenger team. Mm-hmm. However, beating this Wenger team would mean that it's relegated. What would you do? Oh, what, I, what, what option would you go with? Uh, yeah, Arsenal to win. <laughs> always, really? always Arsenal to win. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Even if it means seeing Wenger being relegated and possibly being fired. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. I love, I love Arsenal, but uh, you know, it's it's always going to be <laughs> Arsenal first. And it, you know, I'm assuming that Jose Mourinho is still the manager of Manchester United. So I would prefer. Uh-huh. I would prefer so that comes into play. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, you know, I assume if we finish above Manchester United, do we win the title, or is it just to finish like fifth rather than sixth? No, just to finish above them, like let's say second instead of third. Okay. Um, Andrew, quick one, quick one. Yeah. Please, I just wanted to know what equipment do you use for the podcast, mic and mixer? Because I'm looking, I'm looking at starting mine. Okay. And given that the quality of your podcast is nice, okay. I wanted to start a podcast and replicate the sound quality that you have. Okay, I'll tell you what, I'll have to look at my mixer here now because I can't remember the name of it. One second. It is a... Uh, it's a Mackie Pro FX 12, which is, um, uh, which is nice. It's a nice mixer. And the microphone is a Shure SM7B. It's a very, uh, it's a nice microphone. This, so those are the two things that I I have to make my podcasts. They okay, might... thank you very much for taking my call. Okay, David, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Pleasure to you. Bye bye. Cheers, man. Bye bye. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello? Hello. Hello. Hi. Is that Mr. Mangan, is it? It is, yeah. Who's this? Awesome. Uh, Barry from Cork, currently in Toronto. Hello, Barry from Cork, currently uh, in Toronto. How are you? Not too bad, lads. Love the show. Long-time listener, first-time caller sort of situation. All right. (laughs) What's on your mind? 
Uh, well, I'll go with one quick question to keep you moving along. Sure. Cran and Jacka, if, it, if the knee injury is serious, what are we looking at in terms of replacement with the, uh, <clears throat> the budget that we have remaining? Um, We're in trouble, I think. Yeah, if people haven't uh, heard by this, there's uh, some reports that Granit Xhaka has suffered a knee injury for Switzerland. Um, I I don't know. I I mean, we need a central midfield player anyway. So, so, yeah. So it would obviously um, have a big impact on the plans, assuming that Unai Emery wants to keep Xhaka, which I assume he does. Yeah. so I don't know. I don't know what what way it would affect things. It would depend how long he's going to be out. You know, if it's a three-month injury, then he's back more or less around the start of the season, so you can probably wing it without him. If it's six months, then you have a decision to make about whether you need to bring somebody in or do you go with Ainsley Maitland-Niles, for example, and uh, and uh, yeah, you know, my give him a chance in central midfield. It's a it's a difficult one though, you know. It's hard to it's hard to give you a perfect answer because we don't quite know what sort of injury it is yet and how long he's he's going to be out. But uh, yeah, uh, it, it'd be a problem, I think, um, for for the That's manager. Because you'd be you'd be looking forward to seeing what Emery can do with someone like Shaka with a bit more um, discipline to the yeah. training setups and whatnot. Yeah. But if you can get Niles in, you get Niles in. He looks like an unbelievable ball player for his age. Yeah, uh, I think there's I real think, potential. Yeah, I, mean, you know, I think that we have the same issue with the centre-backs. You know, um, with the Shelley out in November, you're looking at Lichtsteiner is only cover for Bellerin, so it's only Socrates and, oh, Jesus, Mustafi. So, like, we need another one there. <laughs> it's going to be a busy summer. Say, say again? It should be a busy summer. Like, they're going to have to yeah. get Sven on... Uh, on his little lists and hopefully he's got some gems for us. Yes, Sven, look beyond the letter B and D when you're making calls about buying players, if you wouldn't mind. That'd be... uh... (laughs) (laughs) That'd be reasonable. All right. Um, Okay, man. Best of luck. Cheers. Take it easy. Thanks for calling. Take it easy. All right. Cheers. Hello. (laughs) Hello, Andrew. Yes. Oh, great. This is Mark Trining calling from... Basel, Switzerland. Hello, Mark from Bas- Basel, Switzerland. Uh, hi. Are you? Where are you? How's on a train. Going? I'm on a train right now. Apologies, they're telling me we're just pulling into the station. That's right. I just saw you pop up on Twitter, and I'm like, "Whoa, I can call in!" And now I'm through. I can't believe it. Yeah. Woo-hoo. So there you are. No, that's fine. Uh, I just thought you were watching TV in the background, but no. If it's a train, you can't really tell the train to turn the noise down. So. So there you go. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not like that guy who was on the radio and it's like the radio's on in the background. Yeah, exactly. Those, guys, yeah. those horrible people. The echo guy. So what's on your mind this evening? Uh, no, I'm very happy at the moment. Uh, new coach, very excited. You know, new players that are old players coming in. Everything's looking really good. Yeah. Uh, I per- yeah my only question I had for you was that, like, this season coming up, uh, what are our expectations? And, you know, let's say we fast forward to next May or June, what would be a successful season for this team and this new coach? I I think it's a bit of a long shot. Yeah, I think, you know, it's hard to say, isn't it? Because we don't know who we're bringing in or we don't know the, the full makeup of the squad. And maybe when the transfer business is done and we look at the squad, our expectations might change slightly because, Either the the players we brought in are so good, we're actually full of optimism, or we're going, okay, we're going to have to check 
our expectations here <laughs> yeah, a little yeah. bit. Like, so, oh, oh shit! It's like uh-oh. we 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 bought, we bought a bunch of guys off of the uh, you know the old folks' home and uh, yeah. out of wheelchairs and stuff like that. It's like uh, a bit like this that. is not going to work. Yeah, a bit like that. But where would I be happy if I could see the team make progress in terms of points and in terms of league position? Uh, you know, if we could get ourselves back into the top four, I know it's not a trophy, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, but, you know, you want to be back in the Champions League. Players want to be in the Champions League. The Champions League is better than the Europa League. And once we get back in there, then maybe build a squad or a team that can be a bit more competitive in it. You know, that's that's the other thing. Yeah, so uh, you know, Liverpool had a... a, a yeah, no, had so it's a, like two years... Yeah, yeah, little, yeah, like a two-year plan kind of thing. Yeah. Like it's like this year we'll build, we kind of get into the Champions League, get the money, mm. you know, build on the squad and look to go for like, yeah, no, that that'd be that what I what I would be thinking. Too. I was thinking the same, like top four and you know progress and see like players develop and sure. see the players that maybe haven't stagnated a little bit and have kind of come on a bit. But yeah, yeah, that would be fantastic. Uh, yeah, but I I'm very positive anyway overall. Yeah. Look, it's new. Yeah. It's going to be new. It's going to be different. It's going to be fresh and exciting. And it's uh, you know, it's uh, I'm positive about it too. Uh, you know, I want it to succeed. I want us to do well and make progress as a club. I think we've got to be a bit realistic in terms of what we can do. You know, the idea that. Vain leaving means we're going to be champions immediately is is a complete folly of course but I, I do look at the, the the way they're trying to do things whether it works and whether these people are the right people you know we 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 have no idea yet that's the thing it's blank slate and that's where we are with this it's a complete blank slate let's see what they can do and if it goes well then there's no reason why we can't start being more competitive than we have been for the last couple of seasons so yeah, so that's that'd it. be great. Yeah, no, yeah. That's All right. Well, look, uh, enjoy the rest of your train ride and um, thanks for calling in. <laughs> All right. Cheers, man. Oh, hello. Uh, hello, Arch Blog. Yes, hello. Who's this? This is Joe. I'm calling from uh, the United States. Hello, Joe from the United States. How's it going with you? I'm doing well, sir. Yourself? Not too bad, thanks. Not too bad. What's on your mind? Oh, well, I've been weighing her out. For about three, four years, and I could not be happier with uh, Emery as the new boss. Yeah, did you have anyone else on your uh, radar? Was there anyone you would have preferred, or? Um, Yeah, everybody was always talking about Allegri or Simeone and and these people, but I never felt like they were um, actually like realistic managers for Arsenal right now. Yeah, yeah, so Uh, yeah. I agree to an extent. Um, I don't think Simeone was ever realistic. Allegri might be realistic if you're a club that's got Champions League football and is displaying, you know, the the kind of ambition in the transfer market that I think he would want. So maybe it's about getting back there, and and then if we've got to upgrade on Unai Emery, then so be it. I'm all I'm all for that. Yeah, I'm all in by, behind this guy. Uh, I loved, loved, loved how he uh, did his interview or tried to do it in English. Yeah. Um, That was awesome. And then I've been encouraged this week by seeing, uh, you know, we have no idea who he is, but the 17-year-old kid from PSG. Someone on whom we can pin all our hopes and dreams that he is the new Cesc Fabregas, that he will be the golden boy to lead us to unparalleled triumph and success, even though none of us had ever heard of him until yesterday. That guy. 
Absolutely. This is what we do. Exactly. We're living the dream. We're living vicariously through complete strangers uh, who weren't even on our radar 24 hours ago. It's brilliant, isn't it? I know. Uh, Twitter and being an Arsenal fan, is, <laughs> it's a great thing. It's the beauty of football, man. I am excited to see uh, what Emery can do with uh, the likes of Maitland-Niles. And uh, is, is the Jeff even still on our books? He is, but I believe he's had another injury, which is a bit of a shame. So that's, um, that, that's a bit of a blow for him. So I don't quite know what's, what's going to happen with him. He was on loan in France and was doing quite well from what I hear. But uh, I don't think he's going to be involved... Uh, in the early part of next season anyway so that's a bit of a shame but any hey. uh do you know anything about uh Perez coming back Lucas Perez coming back I would be surprised but maybe just because Emery is a Spaniard and probably knows him pretty well uh, there's a chance but maybe if he knows him pretty well he might also think he's not quite what he needs you know uh we have two strikers in Aubameyang and Lacazette. Perez would only ever be a third-choice striker, so he had a very good um, uh, creative record in Spain this year. He didn't score too many goals, but he created a lot of chances, apparently. So maybe there's scope for him to play a bit deeper, but I, I don't know. I, I suspect he will probably uh, be on the way out. I think we'll probably sell him. Um, yeah, that, that would be my guess. I don't have any info on that. It's just a guess. Sure. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I was, last thing, I was a little concerned, uh, as I'm sure everybody is, about Xhaka today. Yeah, a few people have mentioned that now on the in the last couple of calls. So, you know, again, we don't have any info. We don't know exactly what's happened or how long it's going to keep him out for or how serious it is. So until then, you know, we just got to keep fingers crossed, I think. Yeah, 17-year-old can come in. Exactly, exactly. The 17-year-old. It's all hey, on thanks him. For thanks for taking my call. Not at all, man. Thanks for calling. Cheers. Cheers. Hello. Andrew, how are you? I am okay. Who's this? This is Matt Browner Hamlin from Washington, D.C. Hello, Matt Browner Hamlin from Washington, D.C. How's it all going for you? Oh, it is a hot and humid day here in the small city. Yeah. That's uh, hot and humid. We don't get here too often. We've got that a bit here today, um, which is nice. I like hot and I like humid. Uh, it beats the alternative here in Ireland. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. So what's going on? What do you want to chat about? So I, I just had a, a quick question. I'm not sure what you've covered so far. Um, but what do you think our fan base and the club, so two different answers potentially, should have as an expectation for the amount of a leash that Unai Emery will have to be successful. Uh, yeah, we did. A, I had a question a couple of minutes ago about the expectations for the club and the team and where we're going to finish maybe next season. But I think, I think you've got. As I said to the other guy, you've got. He's got a blank slate. He's coming in with new ideas, a fresh approach, new tactics, new training methods, all kinds of stuff. And I think as long as people can see some progress and some some kind of, I wouldn't say method to the madness, you know, maybe it won't go as well as we would like um, at first, or maybe uh, things might be a bit of a challenge. But I, you've got to give a guy uh, some time and patience. And unless it goes abysmally wrong and it's clear that it's not a good fit from straight away, you know, you've got to at least give him uh, a full season and maybe more before before you start 
campaigning one way or the other, if that makes sense. Um, it, w- it will really depend on what we can see him doing and the work that he's doing and how it has an impact on the squad. You know, I, I think there probably will be, or there ought to be some patience, right? People have wanted a change for so long that, uh, you know, you, you've got to give the new guy some time and it would be crazy to sort of start throwing toys out of the pram after a few months. Yeah, that, I mean, that sounds exactly right to me. I think with all the talk of values at the club, you know, what I don't want us to see is that we suddenly become a, a reactive club that can't handle losing a couple of games in a row if that's what it takes. Um, you know, that we have to give him a shot to succeed. We have to give these players a shot to succeed in whatever systems he puts in place. Mm. We have to let new players develop and see how, how they fit in. And, you know, I, I just hope he, I hope he succeeds. I hope he does so quickly, but I'm also willing to give him a chance to not succeed immediately. Yeah, yeah, I think it's fair. You know, he's coming into a new country, new language, new team, new league, new kind of football, more or less. You know, the the English Premier League is is a different beast from most other European leagues. You know, there are always going to be people who react badly to defeats, and there are people, or there are people who are going to, like, lose their shit when things don't go as well as they would like. But what we have to remember, maybe, is that just because there are people like that out there, we don't have to listen to them. We don't have to pay attention to them. We don't have to consider them in any way representative of most people who would be quite willing to give a new manager some time and patience because that would be a normal thing to do, you know? Um, so it's about it's about what you inflict upon yourself in terms of your social media experience and everything else. So it might be a handy way for people to cull some people from their timelines if they see somebody losing their shit after four or five games. Maybe that's a guy you shouldn't be following, you know? Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for taking the call. I'll, I'll let you go and so you can get some other fans in. All right. Cheers, Matt. Good to talk to you. Thanks a million. Have a good one. You too. Hello. Hello. Hi. Who's this? Um, my name is Dari. Cool. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Port Harcourt in Nigeria. Okay. And what's going on today? What do you want to chat about? Um, well, two things majorly. Okay. Um, first off, do you... Do you um, well, let me, let me start this way. What what players do you think we need to get besides um, Lich Steiner and um, and um, Papa Dopoulos? I'm sorry, I can't pronounce the name. But apart from those two players, do you do you have any other players you would um, you'd like to see at Arsenal? I don't have sp- um, next. Yeah, I don't have specific players because it's so difficult to to know who is a realistic candidate. But as I said a bit earlier on the podcast, a really good central midfield player and a young goalkeeper. I'd be I'd be quite happy if we brought those in. Just those two. Yeah, I think I think that is probably as much as we're going to do. But maybe we might do. I mean, we have just uh, heard the stories about this young French midfielder as well. So yeah, I think if we do another signing, um, it'll be. It'll be somebody young and with potential like that. I mean, are there specific players that you want us to bring in? Any names in particular? Um, well, ju- just like you think, I think we need to get goalkeeper in. A yeah. goalkeeper. Probably Bern Leno or someone of that ilk or maybe higher. I, I know we don't have a lot of money, so we, we basically have to um, cut the cost. 
cut the cloth, like you said. Yeah. Well, with, with some reason. Um, yeah, I think we need to get a new keeper. I think we need to get uh, a central defender, just like you said. And for some reason, I just keep thinking Arsenal are short on wingers, like a natural winger. I think we need a natural winger. I don't know who. Yeah. No one comes to mind now. Maybe I. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. But I'm, I just think we need. To, I think we need a decent winger. Maybe someone operating out on the left. I would not. Something. Yeah, I would not be averse to that if we could find that kind of wide player, a really good creative wide player, tricky winger. I'd be. Right. I'd be well on for that for sure. Yeah. But again, I don't know. I don't know who it is, and I don't know where we get him and how much we we can spend on him. That's the the other question. But yeah. Look, I'm I'm open to wholesale changes. <laughs> We've already got rid of the manager and coaching staff, so whatever they want to do in the transfer market, if they want to do too much, that's fine by me. Better than too little, I think. Honestly, yeah. And then um, the second one, um, let's say all we managed to get in is um, Lichtsteiner and Socrates. Yeah. Do you think Do you think we have the makings of a team that could crack back into the top four? No. So? No. No. I don't think so. I think we're. I think we we really need a central midfield player. We need a good quality central midfield player. Um, somebody who who can become if not the anchor man, but the key man in in the center of our midfield. And I think that the team has been missing that guy for quite a while. So I, I would be I would be very doubtful that we could just get back into the top four with. Licksteiner and uh, Socrates. I don't believe that's good enough. Um, I, I also don't believe that's all we're going to do anyway. So let's not worry about it. Let's see. Let's see where we are when the transfer window closes. I think we're going to do a bit more business than that. So, uh, and hopefully that will. Hopefully that's enough to get us back in the top four. All right. I guess for me that'd be like that'd be the most sensible targets to have now. Just get back into the top four. Yeah. Correct. That'd, that'd be Emery's. Uh, Sensible target, yeah. And then um, a third thing: now that you're buds with um, David Einstein, yeah, don't, don't you call him for you know like exclusives? Like, okay, um, Asblog broke this, you know. And, uh, well, why would why would he give it to me? He's the guy who does all that stuff. He's the he's the guy who ruins our podcast with his breaking news. So he's not he's not going to like farm it out to me, man. Not at all. But, I, know, uh, like, I, 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 I was just pulling your legs. I know he's not going to do that. All right, all right, man. Amazing chatting you. I mean, I mean, I've, I've read your stuff for a very long time, and it's it's really so good to talk to you tonight. Thanks, man. I appreciate the call. Thanks for calling in. Cheers. Cheers. Hello. 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 Hi. Hiya. I wasn't expecting to get through. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Who am I so, talking to? So I'm speaking to David. I live in London. Hi, David. Hiya. So um, before I ask the question, I want to say great blog, by the way, and great um, podcast. I listen to them all the time, and I really, really appreciate the fact you do them. Great. Well, so thank, thank you very much. No, I appreciate that too. The, Cheers. The, the question was, if you look at um, the top four, and in particular, I guess, in my mind, Tottenham and Liverpool, mm-hmm. and perhaps more Tottenham, do you think that player by player, obviously they're ignoring the league position, Arsenal really have a much worse squad and team than they do? And if you do, particularly looking at Tottenham, do you think that, because in my mind it might be a bit of a temporary thing, because ultimately Arsenal are the Emirates, they've established a new stadium, they've got it through the years of austerity, and Tottenham might just be entering them. So I'm hoping it's a temporary blip. I was wondering what you thought about that. I don't think player by player they're like way ahead of us or anything like it, to be honest. I think what... What um, what Tottenham have is a, an amazing striker, 
and great organization, which gets the best out of that striker, you know? Uh, they do have some other good players, of course. It's not all about uh, Harry Kane, but I would be very doubtful if Harry Kane were to miss a season, if Tottenham could finish in the top four or maybe even the top yeah. six, right? So there is a dependence on him. Liverpool have got three amazing attacking players as well. Uh, they've got a way of playing that is exciting. Um I suppose if you're looking at them, you would say it would be good if we could balance the excitement with a bit more, you know, defensive solidity slash goalkeeping solidity, which uh, seems vaguely reminiscent of a team I'm not too far away from myself. Um, So, you know, this is why I think the Emery appointment is really interesting, because some of the things that people talk uh, about him having this discipline and all that kind of stuff... um, I think he can bring that to this squad of players and maybe improve them. Yeah, I totally agree because I kind of look at the Arsenal team and and I always felt that in the past when I got the most out of his players and that was one of the reasons I thought he would stay. But in the last year or two, that hasn't been the case. And and particularly away, I felt obviously it was obvious that Arsenal were terrible. Mm. But I just looked at the players and I didn't really understand why they were so bad. Do you see what I mean, the results? And yeah, stuff like that. I mean, the home record versus the away record this season. It was one of Wenger's best yeah. ever home seasons. Well, I think we're yeah. only second to Manchester City in, in terms of how many points we got at home in, in the Premier League. But when you go away, what the, what's the difference? Wenger always said, I can't see any difference be, between playing home and away. Apart from the fact and when we went years, away... Arsenal were better away than the home. Yeah, exactly. We've done it the other way around in, in previous seasons. So it's got to be something psychological in a way that gets in on the players' minds. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't think... You know, obviously we need new players and we need some improvement to the squad uh, in terms of personnel. But I do think there are improvements to be made beyond that as well, beyond the transfer window. We're just uh, different coaching, different organisation all of that kind of stuff I think could get more out of this group of players and that could have an impact on where we finish next season. I hope so, anyway. Yeah, no, thank you. I'm I'm actually fairly confident. I think Arsenal are, are much better than they've been playing. Whereas I think Tottenham and perhaps Liverpool are probably playing at the peak of what they can achieve. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I think that I don't think that's uh, unfair, you know. Um I think the I don't think the top four is quite as tied up as people like to think. I think we've got the yeah. potential to get back in there, so fingers crossed. Yeah, well thank you very much. Have a good evening. You too, and thanks for your call. Cheers, thank you. Cheers. Bye. Right, maybe we'll do one more. We'll just wait for one more to come in if it comes in. Hello. Hey Andrew, how you doing? Hey, how are you? Who's this? My name is Ashish. Hello, Ashish. Where are you calling from? Uh, New York. All right, man. How's it going in the Big Apple? It's going pretty good. All right. So I haven't uh, used Skype in a couple of years, and they're really up to that ringtone. It's very catchy. Oh, <laughs> I'm surprised that I'm surprised you didn't catch me singing along to it and making up my own lyrics as as it rang. I think that's the next big thing. The next big uh, number one track summer holiday hit is going to be someone doing a dance version of the uh, the Skype theme tune, for yeah. sure, for sure. And so, go on. To be honest, this was a little uh, uh, spontaneous of me, so I'm not really sure what I was going to ask. But I just did think think of something else that's maybe not Arsenal related. Okay. And your dogs are named Lana and Archer. Have you been watching this season? <laughs> I haven't seen the new season yet, no. Okay, uh, all right. So then I'm going to reserve comment on that. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, I do. Yeah, the, the two dogs are named after after yeah. the uh, the characters in the in the Archer cartoon. Yeah, so yeah, uh, th- it doesn't bode well the way you said that. Uh, that's... Um, 
I, I just miss the old days. I used to, um, one of my guilty pleasures in life would be just sitting down with a glass of bourbon and watching random Arch, uh, Archer episodes yeah. on, on Netflix. I, and I, now I feel like these don't really share that spirit sure, anymore. Sure, I think there is a danger when a, uh, that shows can go on too long. Even the really good shows, we all know, you know, um, shows that have gone on for far too long than they should have. Um, and they move move into that zone of danger. The zone of danger, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Anyway. Um, uh, so I, I actually don't, I can't think. I feel like everyone's probably called and asked about, you know, Socrates, about yep. all of these different things. I feel like there's nothing original I could ask you. I, I, I think that. that's probably true at this point. We've done, uh, we've done an hour, more or less, and we've had the signings. We've had Emery. We've had Ramsey. We've had expectations for the season. We've, had, we've done it all. We've done it all. So it's good to have a little bit of cartoon chat right at the end. So Yeah, why not? Right? Why not? Why not? All right, man. Well, listen, um, enjoy the bourbon. Cheers. Enjoy the bourbon. Um, probably not mid-afternoon bourbon right now for you. No, but no, I'm, I'm, at, I'm at work hiding out, giving you a call. Okay, okay. Definitely you should drink some yeah. bourbon then and make, make the day go quicker. <laughs> uh, well, cheers, Andrew. <laughs> All right, nice to talk to you, man. Cheers. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to do one more call. Let's see. Hello, who's this? It is Richard from Warwick. Hello, Richard from Warwick. How are you? I'm very well. How are you, Andrew? I'm all right, thanks. You are the final caller of the evening, so uh, I hope you've got something new, exciting, and interesting to uh, to talk about. Uh, I feel very honoured and a lot of pressure at the same time. So Absolutely. It's huge pressure. I don't want you to be under any illusions as to how much pressure this is. Awesome. Already feeling it. <laughs> uh, so can you tell me what you've been talking about so far so I don't uh, ask the same question? Uh, okay, we did uh, Ramsey, we did Xhaka, we did midfield, we did signings, we did Unai Emery, we did... Um, what else did we do? We did all kinds of stuff. Pretty much everything you can think of, but, you know, give, give something a bash and I'll tell you if we've spoken about it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well... One thing that's been really annoying me for a while, and that's one thing I've always wanted to ask you, and it is going back to the, the Wenger era. Right. Um, having had a, a midfielder like Patrick Vieira, uh, someone who is athletic, uh, tall, physical, um, I, just, I just can't for the life of me understand why we would never replace like for like okay. with a Patrick Vieira going forward. So that I know... Patrick Vieira, of course, a very special player, irreplaceable in some respects. But the fact that that type of player was never really even, didn't feel like it was scouted by Wenger or, or never an attempt to get the same type of athlete in the centre of midfield. I yeah. just wanted to know if you've ever thought about that and uh, the reason for it, potentially. Yeah, well, it kind of goes in the same way as, like, why didn't we get another Dennis Bergkamp? And why didn't we get another Thierry Henry or another... Robert Perez, or even, you know, another Tony Adams. You know, it's because players like that are so rare, and I think we all want... How many times did we hear about the next Patrick Vieira? You know, we, we heard about that time and time again, that this guy was going to be the next Patrick Vieira, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, he went a different way with his team as well, in terms of how he was building it and how he built his midfield. You know, he swapped Vieira for Fabregas, which was... It was like a sharp left turn, wasn't it? Or a right turn or a U-turn, whatever way you want to talk about it. You know, you go from this colossus, this striding colossus in midfield, hugely physical, brilliantly technical, aggressive, to somebody who is small, who's not that fast, but technically amazing with incredible vision. So he went down that road and, 
you know, sadly it didn't work the way he wanted it to work uh, for various reasons. And then I just think there comes a point where there is no other Patrick Vieira. There is no player out there like that. Or if there yeah, is, absolutely. the, the I biggest think, I mean, teams in the, the world are going to get them. Yeah, I think it's more the profile of players, to be honest with you. I, I know, obviously, Patrick Vieira, you know, you can't even replace him because he's a, a one-time player. But I think it's more the profile for me. I mean, the, the fact that that brutal mentality, that driving force, that physicality of midfield works so well. And he obviously was, you know, was there to see it. I just, I don't know what it takes in the person to then decide, well, that's worked really well, but now I'm going to go in a completely different op- um, way. I'm going to go for likes of Fabregas and later on, Arteta, you know, n- not really physical players, but at the same yeah. time, maybe he was going for improved passing or technical ability, but I just don't quite understand that shift. Yeah, well, you know, I, maybe something only works in one particular period as well, you know? Maybe it's like a band who've got like a huge amount of success in one decade and then just can't do it again in a different one, you know? Yeah, they keep trying. They uh, keep trying to write that song again and they just can't do it. You know? Yeah, that's so. very true. And going forward, I know seeking to ask a, a second question, but do you think we will, we've all been talking about this potential midfielder coming in and I think we all hope that there is something in the pipeline, but in terms of profile of player, do you see it going back to a, a physical athlete um, in terms of a, of a Patrick Vieira mould or do you actually see it more that type of lightweight, maybe Maximilian Mayer type player? I, I don't know. I mean, we don't know what Emery wants from his midfield that's the thing so we're a little bit in the dark in that regard but to me what would you do? I don't know I I, I um, vacillate between wanting that kind of a player and then maybe somebody somebody a bit more along the lines of of Kante a kind of a link player in midfield somebody who can break up the play and use the ball well and give it to the guys who are going to do things with it you know that huge energy that he has and um there's talk about the guy Seri, isn't there, at, at, um, from Nice. And he's not the same as, as Kante either. He's a bit more uh, bit more offensive, I think, creative. So I just don't know. It really depends what, what Emery wants to do. So I, I just would like us to sign a player that we can all actually agree on and say, oh, wow, this guy's good. This is what we need. Uh, you yeah. know, too many of the midfield players we've brought in have not necessarily divided people, but opinion is not necessarily unanimous about them. So somebody who I think most people will say, oh, hell, that's good. That's a good signing. And that's uh, that's going to take us in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Someone to protect the back four. Yeah. Back three, whichever one he goes with. Four. I'm pretty sure it'll be a four. All right. Well, look, uh, <laughs> thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. Hey, it's a great honor. Cheers, Andrew. Cheers. Thank you very much indeed to everybody who called in. Apologies if you were trying to get through and you couldn't get through. There's only so much I can do. I'm just one man with one line. I did my best. Maybe it's not good enough, but damn it. It's not good enough. I know. 
I promise you guys you were trying to get through and didn't. I'll try and remember your names and numbers. And uh, next time we do one of these things, if you try again, I will uh, do my best to give you some priority on getting through. So, look, that's it. We're going to leave it there. James and I will be here on Monday. We'll have an Arsecast Extra. Hopefully some cool stuff will happen over the weekend. And uh, we can chat about all that on Monday. As ever, thank you for listening. If you're on iTunes and you want to leave us a rating or a review on the podcast, that will be very, very much appreciated. It's not compulsory or mandatory, though. It's just if you feel like doing it, we would dig that. All right? It's a bank holiday weekend here in Ireland, so uh, hopefully the weather will stay good. Catch you on the far side. Until the next one, cheers. Bye-bye. Do I remember the day that Arsenal tried to sign me? Of course I do, of course. Doesn't matter what age you are, you don't forget a call like that. An opportunity like that doesn't come along that often in your life, you know. It's it's imprinted on your mind. You always think about what might have been if you'd you'd said yes, you know. Would life have been different? Career definitely would have been different, but I remember it so well. So well. I picked up the phone and this German voice said, Hello, I'm Sven Mislintat. What are you doing next season? I said, I'll have to call you back. I'm in the middle of a colonoscopy. But when I called, he didn't answer. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.